Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself The Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and talk talk about about it. it thanks again for listening to the world's only the wire podcast the wire a show about how nobody wants to work anymore you ever notice that vince nobody wants to work anymore i hear that if you're listening i would like to work anymore that's true vince you have a job that you want to give me the easier the better um Honestly, Vince is at the point where he'll do pretty much anything for work. You know, like he will work construction. He mm-hmm. will uh, write Sounds listicles. Uh, yeah. He will uh, sure. make you food and then make your bed. He mm. will be a maid to you. He will take care yeah. of your children. Yeah. Is that all right? Love, yeah, that's good. I want a job okay. where I can just make you a nice meal and then uh, choke you out. That's my ideal profession. I'm sorry. What was the second part? Just choke you out. Like anybody who wants to just get like, you know, choked, choked unconscious. That... How do they relate those two things? I don't know that they do. I was just trying to combine all my skills. See, like I, you know, oh, I've, been, those I've are gone two. through all eight of my free career counseling sessions. So. Oh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Who's giving you free career counseling? I don't know. Some company that does that after you get laid off when they're like, Sure, oh. you got laid off, but here are some PDFs. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and you're like, cool. I love I those. Love, I love that they send you a PDF of that just as a suicide hotline repeated over and over and over again. Uh, anyways, thank you for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast. Uh, five stars and a review on all of the apps that uh, allow you to do that for podcasts. It helps yeah. us, and it'll help you. Um, and then make sure to go to the subreddit. Uh, are pod yourself a gun uh and subscribe to that you know sometimes we're there or sometimes i'm there vince are you ever on the reddit does the r stand for reddit when you do like a subreddit yeah it's like everything is reddit slash r slash that's see i've had this thing with reddit for many years like i like Mm. it i like the idea of it uh but then like the the layout is just it's too busy for me yeah it's a lot of too much it's too much stuff well if you're not like Vince, and you like giant walls of text where communities get together and talk about things. I gotta, it's like I gotta figure out the indentation level, like I'm on a really long email chain. Hmm, you know, what okay, I mean? yeah, I guess there is a lot of like f- following with your fingers down the threads mm-hmm. and trying to connect the, yeah. the dots, but you know, once you kind of get past that, pretty great, sure. So, so go to reddit.com. And uh, yeah, follow the subreddit. Okay, today we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode three, Dead Soldiers. And our guest today, oh, he is a lovely, lovely man. You might know him as the producer of this here podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, our guest today is Brent Flyber. Hey, it's me. So glad to be here. Thank you for clapping for me. Fuck. Hey, all right. Well, am I a joke to you? 
No, you're not a joke. Okay. <laughs> Good. Hey, that's hey. fun. All right. That is fun. I'm glad you have that. I didn't know you had that. Yeah. Uh, like, Reddit is, other than our subreddit, Reddit is sort of a cesspool in my experience. If you go oh, yeah. on anything that, that, that has enough likes, if you go down three or four comments, it's someone saying the most misogynist thing you've ever heard in your life. And I didn't want to believe that for a long time, but it's just, it's true. Unfortunately, I find myself drawn to the uh, controversial tab on mm, Reddit mm-hmm. in the comment section because sometimes I'm like, you know, you read a bunch of people just saying like, yeah, you want to know, you're like, what's the controversy? Who's angry and who else? <laughs> I know. I just want to see. comments are sticky. Yeah. I want the comments to, you know, I, I like a hot take. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. I like when someone's just like, fuck you. I'm racist. And it's just like, whoa, I want to <laughs> know more about this piece of shit. And then you read it and you just get mad. And that's your day. Yeah. Uh, I got a hot take. Because uh, I, I also got free career counseling when I got laid off a couple of years ago. What is Those, this? Why do I not the, know about this? I never got you don't, free. You don't want to know. I think that these people are charlatans and grifters. This uh, well, this clearly. person helped me rewrite my resume. And as they were doing it, they, had the, they were like, okay, you should group this instead of by like employer and group it by job. And I was like, this seems bad. Are you sure? And she was like, trust me, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and every person I showed it to after that for like a year was like, why is it like this? This is bad. Don't do this. <laughs> so I essentially got nothing out of this experience. Dude, yeah, that is. I got a bunch of advice that was like, you know, the advice that you give a college student graduating yeah. like in 2004. Right. <laughs> yeah. They tell you to like, pound the pavement, hand out resumes. <laughs> yeah, like, Knock on every brick. See what comes yeah. loose. That's Utilize how your network. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? You mean ask your friends? No, we say it weird on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you heard of this website? LinkedIn.com. Try yeah. that. Join that and just start DMing people randomly. <laughs> They love it, dude. Everyone's just like, oh, a job. Of course, I have three. <laughs> Take one. No, I. Uh, the only time I ever had like career, like counseling or whatever you would call it, um, like uh, I guess career. Uh, I, I. Okay, so when I was on uh, general assistance, which was, you know, like welfare, um, mm-hmm. I uh, they like forced you. There was like a couple things. One was. They forced you to, it was a work to welfare program. So I had to work mm-hmm. at the VA washing uh, clothes, which I was like, this is just a job. Yeah, <laughs> this right. is just, a, just get, you just gave me a job and paid me under minimum wage. That's weird. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then they also uh, forced you to go to like a career training thing, which was set up like a classroom and was essentially just a classroom where um, everyone is just they're 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 there they're forced to be there and everyone doesn't want to be there and the shit that they're teaching is stuff that i'm like i understand there are some people out there who like it's very helpful to learn how to make a resume but also at this point the internet existed and i was just like i think people can look this up like i don't know if this is it felt very bureaucratic like uh, the bureaucracy says we have to do this in order to give you the money and uh and the whole time people just kept calling me a cop everyone thought i was a cop <laughs> i have I, like i kind of get it like at that point in my life my glasses were bigger and my mustache w- went longer down on here mm. and so people thought i was a cop and they kept and also because i wouldn't smoke weed with them mm, and the, but the yeah, reason that's that. 
it was because I, I I had just uh you know moved back home to stop doing drugs, and I was like, I'm not gonna fucking, I can't. Yeah, I can't smoke that's weed. something a cop would say though. That I feel like a cop would smoke the weed. <laughs> Isn't, aren't you cops so? famously doing the drugs and then yeah, busting the right. person? Maybe you're right. Well, they they're definitely having sex with the sex workers and then busting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially I if there's two of them and they're Russian. One hundred percent spot on. Uh, that is a wire reference, of course. Uh, Brent, do you like the wire? You know, I got a real love hate relationship with the wire. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I we've talked about it a little bit, but every time I think about watching the wire, I'm like, oh, fuck this. Like it. <laughs> It does. It fills me with a sense of dread. We've talked about mm. it a little bit before about how, like, how much it. I find it depressing. Sure, it kind of feels like homework. But then, I, mean, I don't know. It's sort of like it's in that way. It's sort of less like homework and more like therapy. Because then, after I'm done with it, I'm like, you know, that was good. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> I like that. I, enjoyed, I was good. I you know, I learned that. a little bit. I laughed mm-hmm. a little bit. Exactly. Um, maybe I'm too far in. Like I've never dreaded watching this show. I'm always like, oh, good. I mean, I think the reason we chose this show, Vince, was because you and me were also mega fans of this. And we're like, mm-hmm. actually, I think we like this better than The Sopranos. So let's do this. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, this whole time, our producer. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah not into it yeah i've been a secret hater there's some listener out there who's mm-hmm. so mad right now he's so mad that the producer <laughs> how did you get that wire. job <laughs> we it's entered just... into this relationship under false pretenses i don't know That's we might true. have to get you annulled sorry i'm again. too embedded now you're yeah. embedded yeah. you're here dog and you're here to stay you're you're mm-hmm. editing the episodes now and mm-hmm. uh you're gonna edit out that part where I was too gross at the beginning, please. Yeah, don't worry, <laughs> I'll put it towards the end or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, keep it in there, yeah. but then just move it towards the end. Um, okay, that's enough banter. I think we all know each other mm, very well, so much and banter, mm-hmm. yeah. we need to start the podcast. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast. It is literally illegal to start it without first playing the theme song. Pod. Pod. Yeah, bitch. Pod. Uh, Podcast. Pod. Podcast. The Irish. Pod. Season three. We did it. Hey. Who sings that? Who sings this season's version? Is it the Neville Brothers? The, okay, it sounds like the actor who plays Burrell. Am I crazy? <laughs> Wait, that's that's the Neville Brothers. That's the Neville Brothers. Oh, really? It's not the actor who plays Burrell. What? Okay. The, Burrell has. Are a we very... sure he's not a Neville brother? <laughs> I, you know, he. It's possible, but I'm almost positive. I feel like that's a bit of trivia I would have known at this point. But yeah, we probably I, would have I, learned that by now. You're right. I could okay. be wrong, but uh, no, it's uh, Aaron Neville and whoever his brother is. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know there was Darren, more than one. Darren Neville. Is it? <laughs> Aaron right. and Darren. Okay, I got it after <laughs> the middle of asking. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I hate what a weird coincidence. I'm so it is, there is a weird thing with TV theme songs. I think maybe like we're conditioned to think this because of uh, Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs. But like yeah. half of the theme songs I hear, like I, maybe <laughs> I subconsciously insert the star of the show into them. 
with yeah. Ted Lasso, when I still watched it, every single time I was like, that sounds like Jason Sudeikis. Like, I feel like this is Jason Sudeikis singing this song. Wait, did you're right, though. I never thought about that, but I did think Frazier, did he sing Toss Salad sing. and no, Scream? No, I, oh, yeah, 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 I think that's, that's why he's poisoned all of our brains, because Kelsey Grammer, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, obviously sings Toss It's Salad the Toss and Salad scrambled and Scrambled Eggs effect, man. You know, you, all of a sudden, we all thought that... Uh, is That's that song like about Seattle because they would garnish your omelet with greens? Because I hate when restaurants do that. And I don't know who started it, but it should I stop. Mean, is that a, a Seattle thing? I've never even a, thought about what the song. Oh, go ahead. Representative of the city of Seattle. We don't yes. do that shit. I don't okay, know. Good. Yeah. Also, this is the second week in a row we've had a Seattle Mariners fan as the guest. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we need I, to point that out. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is, uh, if anybody runs a restaurant out there potatoes go with breakfast it's not something yeah. that you need to mess with uh no one wants uh, a handful of mixed greens with an omelet no one wants a handful of spring mix that came out of a bag with any meal but especially we don't want it with breakfast that's all right no it's bad with you're right i, I, I support this i've i've got to look up the lyrics to this song um because i feel to like toss salad and scrambled eggs well, yes. Uh, oh, hold on. I, I thought I'm it was. Going, I thought it's that on, was just. Some it's weird... on Genius. It's oh, on Genius dot com. I love that it's on Genius because uh, <laughs> I would like to know the meaning behind these lyrics. Um, hey, baby, I hear the blues a call and toss scrambled uh, toss salad and scrambled eggs. Mercy, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with a toss salad and scrambled eggs. They call in again. What is that song about? No idea. I don't think depression, it's, I think... like a depression meal. Like that's all you can do when you're depressed. Is like I guess I'll have scrambled eggs and a salad again. I think it's about weird juxtapositions. You know, like they go mm. together, like uh, oil and water kind of thing. Like they're opposite mm. attract kind of situation. Like are there yeah. are there no annotations on genius? Is there no there, community there are, discussing uh, the meaning? There, there are, but uh, my computer almost froze going to that website okay. because uh, yeah. it's kind of uh, there's a lot of video on that website. People yeah. really, uh, you know, but uh, you know, we'll look it's that a shame. up. I'm sure more. people are fascinated by this discussion of the phrase. I don't care. On, on, I don't uh, wire care podcast. no more. <laughs> uh, but so today uh, we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode three, Dead Soldiers. This came out October 3rd, 2004. Vince, can you read, uh, break us off a little piece of that synopsis? I sure can. I can read the synopsis that you definitely didn't write. Mm-hmm. Omar does self-harm. Bunny does self-help. Jimmy does self-pleasure. And Ray Cole does self-death. I don't know, man. Yeah. I wrote that. And what was happening at the time that this episode came out? That's right, Matt. Uh, we cannot evaluate our divorce from its cultural context. Uh, we have to put some of that context back in, and we do that with a little thing that we like to call the back-in-the-day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back-in-the-day machine tells the tale, son. So for this back in the day machine, we're going all the way back to October 3rd, 2004. What a time to be alive. It was I remember that. fall. The leaves were changing. Mm-hmm. Love was in the air. Uh, and Sure. <laughs> and Cat Stevens was asking to be removed from the no-fly list. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. That was uh, quite a time in America where uh, 
Yusuf Islam was just like, um, uh, real quick, yeah. originally, <laughs> me had a normal name, yeah? <laughs> when his London to Washington flight British? was unexpectedly diverted to another city, it didn't occur to the singer, once known as Cat Stevens, that he was the problem. And when it finally did, he suddenly felt very vulnerable. Well, yeah. I was literally cut off from my family, from my daughter. I was in the dark, the musician now known as Yusuf Islam told ABC News. Islam, who changed his name from Cat Stevens after he converted to Islam in the 1970s, was barred from entering the United States after his name was discovered on a U.S. government no-fly list on September 21st. He said Jesus. United Airlines Flight 919 from London to Washington seemed routine until he heard an announcement over the loudspeaker stating that the plane would be landing in a different location. There were 249 passengers on board, and it never crossed Islam's mind that he might be the problem. The flight had been diverted to Maine's Bangor International Airport, where federal agents were waiting. That airport is a banger, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Islam says he didn't learn much from the questions he was asked by federal agents and said the questions seemed to revolve mostly around his Muslim name. Well, kind of how to spell my name, and they kept on repeating that question, actually, and saying, are you sure you didn't spell you don't spell it Y-O-U-S? And I said, no, I spell it Y-U-S-U-F. So I thought at one point, well, hang on, they've probably got me mixed up with someone else, Islam said. <laughs> well, hang uh, on just a moment there. Surely I'm not the Yusuf Islam you're looking for, yeah? I mean, I'm Cat Stevens, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, Homeland Security spork spokesman Brian Doyle said, that, said only that Islam is on the no-fly list because the intelligence community has recently obtained information that further heights concern about the folk singer. Uh, Yusuf what Islam possible? has been placed what? on the watch list because of activities info? that could potentially be related to terrorism, Doyle said. Dude, fucking... And this is, this is wow. almost three full years after 9-11. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, and like 30 since he changed his name to Yusuf Islam. <laughs> yeah. We have it on good intelligence that um, when he sung Morning Has Broken Light, uh, he was talking about a nuclear bomb. <laughs> we know it. We have it on good authority that the T for the tiller man, that T stands for time bomb. <laughs> I wish I knew more Cat Stevens references. I know a lot. Here, but I I'm really just like, Cats in the Cradle? Is that... No, man. Fuck. Okay. Father and son. Cats in the Cradles, Harry Chapin or some shit. Chapin. Ah, they're the same oh, song. Oh, I'm sorry. Mind. I don't know Harry Chapin. Fuck ye. I mean, that's all I know, but I know that. Um, other news that was going on. Uh, Pope honors Passion Nun. This is a fun, weird story. Uh, a different nun. type of star linked to the hit film The Passion of the Christ will get top billing today when Pope John Paul II honors a German nun said to have inspired Mel Gibson's shockingly graphic depiction of Jesus's final suffering. Wait, the nun inspired it? What did she say? <laughs> the you got to make it more bloody and have a, have a little baby midget point at a Jew and say, it's your fault. <laughs> You're the one who's done this. This German nun sounds crazy. Oh, fuck, I forgot. Well, uh, listen. The be I don't. I, I think you pronounce this beatification, but I like that. I like that it's spelled beatification. Like the uh -huh. Catholics are really into hip hop. The beatification of Anna, Anna Katharina Emmerich, a 19th century mystic who reported having detailed visions of the torturing of Christ, is likely to irritate those already happy about the Vatican's enthusiasm for a film some call the anti-Semitic. Nearly 200 so. years ago, 
When Anna Katharina Emmerich was an ailing, bedridden young nun, she was already attracting public attention because for years she had taken only water and communion wafers for nourishment and had bleeding wounds similar to those of Christ. Her beatification by the Pope in St. Peter's Square before an expectant crowd of tens of thousands uh, crowns a long debate inside the Vatican over whether she merited the last formal honor in the Roman Catholic Church before possible canonization. I mean... Just so I'm clear, she got this because um, she has a severe eating disorder and she got bloody hands and bloody hands. And she had some visions about uh, Jesus Christ's last uh, moments, I guess. Call it, also, calling it a beatification also makes it sound like you get jumped into being a saint. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> It's blood yeah. of Christ in, blood of Christ out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how the Catholic Church works. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, oh, you say is... you love Jesus, do you? What if yeah. I break your fucking ribs? <laughs> yeah. Now how much uh, you love him? You've got to punch you 18 times for the 18th Street Barrio Jesus lovers. <laughs> specific. You guys know about Barrio uh, 18? Gibson's mm-hmm. film shocked many viewers with his extremely violent, bloody images of Christ's suffering or passion during his last hours before crucifixion. The director said he was heavily influenced by a 19th century book long believed to have recounted Emmerich's graphic visions, mm. although the Vatican questions whether it was a faithful account. So, Well, Good that is... Pour one out for all those people. Yeah, yeah, no. Did you guys watch that movie? I, I did, a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, I don't think I ever watched it, but I saw so much of it because... Like not long after it came out, I, I had to take a class in high school called leadership, mm-hmm. and um, one of the assignments was everyone had to bring in a clip from a movie that displayed like good leadership, <laughs> and I would say like ten kids brought in different clips from Passion of the Christ, and we had to because it was their lead- way of their way of being like, hey, hey, I can make them watch Christian stuff, and uh, I'm still mad about it. It was because it was also like. This sucks. Why would anyone watch this? <laughs> You're no, that, sick in the head. Yeah, I I watched it. Um, I think at that point I was just watching it to see how much it actually diverged from uh, the Andrew Lloyd Webber, Norman Jewison, and um, 73 Jesus Christ Superstar musical film. Mm. Um, and Is it different? It did, no, it's kind of the exact same thing. It's oh, like okay. the the weird thing about it is like the passion was just uh it, it it was like it's it's like beat for beat just Jesus Christ superstar but with no singing and like a little bit more blame the Jews. Like a little <laughs> bit more. But but uh, essentially it was like the same I mean you was, guys did do that one though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but he was lying. <laughs> If you go around lying, <laughs> I don't really see like what yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you go around lying. Yeah. Lying is kind of like it's not as bad as snitching, but it's like in a way the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's dark snitching. It's dark snitching. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh yeah. I got another story. And this one relates to uh, last week's episode more than this one. All right. We're getting into the wire. Uh, This one's from the New York Post. Twin Peaks at Club. Mary-Kate Olsen has a new boyfriend. Uh Oh, see that at Twin Peaks. uh, I like that. It's good. Olsen, who recently broke up with David Katzenberg, son of Disney's Jeffrey Katzenberg, 
was spotted dancing and snuggling with Ali Faturichi at Bungalow 8 on Wednesday night. The mm. couple were with Ashley Olsen and her new, her new boyfriend, club promoter Scott Sartiano, and friends. Sartiano, who's good friends with Faturichi, apparently introduced the two. Club goers crowded around the twins, trying to catch a glimpse of their wild dancing, but were blocked by their bodyguard. Even movie star Owen Wilson wasn't allowed through when he tried to greet the 18-year-old twins. Yeah, I'm just trying to say hi to my friends. Like, is that good? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Wow. Oh well, yeah, I'm just trying to say we really hit it off. I think I we thought, would. I, I thought we'd be great friends. Oh wow. I'm in a relationship with my brother. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's been that's been the back of the day machine. <laughs> Good. Well, now that you have all the context that you need for understanding the wire, I think it's time to get into it. And uh, this week, I am fascinated. I mean, last mm. week was when. Sorry, I'm interrupting you very badly. No, I don't give a shit. But last week, you know, Herc was talking about how the the two women that he would sleep with a man in order to sleep with were the Olsen twins, which is like, I mean, that that had to be maybe like a two year span of pop culture because I feel like they went from. Like barely legal to like briefly. Well, they, they went brief- from children. Children, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. But then well, there I was think like, it's like not even barely, like mostly illegal. Yeah, entirely <laughs> illegal. But mm-hmm. there was like a, the weird. Uh, oh, the barely like, legal phase. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, the yeah, weird yeah. barely legal phase. Yeah, and then they hit 18, and I feel like they sort of stopped being well, like it, famous sex symbols mm-hmm. within like 18 months, maybe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you're saying the barely legal phase was before they were legal? Yes, that's what, yeah. No, I think barely legal usually implies, like, they're just turned 18. Just turned 18. Or like, they're legal in some other state, you know, that's not oh. yours. I don't See, know. I never, there's, like, a, I don't there's, an, awkward, there's an awkward middle ground there, depending okay. on where you live. I don't know. Mm, but, not for me. Not for me. It's not look, middle yeah. Never my cup of tea. I'm just uh, that's a big yikes for me, fellas. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, they definitely had, like, a span of, like, yeah, the countdown clock, you know, Herc is horny. Herc has, you know, he's getting all the, he's got a newsletter that's just like five weeks left, you know. And um, and then. <laughs> a newsletter, like an yeah. actual newsletter, not like, uh, not an email. Not, no, no, not an email. Like, like a broadsheet. A broadsheet mm-hmm. into his mailbox um, that says they're almost there. And then, yeah, they were like, they were just like socialites. And, and like just hearing everything you just said about like, you know. Oh, they're known for going to the club and dancing. Wildly. Just, what, right. Wild With bodyguards. Dancing. Yeah. Right. You kind of go like, uh, yeah, but I mean, what are they doing during the day? Right. Yeah. <laughs> just smoking I mean, cigarettes and walking around in piles of scarves, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They were, there's always, uh, they're always weird to me. I don't know. The... I mean, I feel genuinely bad for them because their oh, parents yeah. put them on television when they were 11 months old, which seems too young to me. Yeah. Call me I, crazy. I, yeah. I'm waiting I until can't... Karina's two years old yeah, in order to sell her to the getting cabal. Getting money out of her. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um, it would be so weird to basically because you were famous before like – you're you were, able to remember things, you know, yeah. and yeah, and to choose that in any way, or mm-hmm. yeah, it's just been your 
that's been it's all you've your, known yeah that's been that's yeah that's literally been your entire life and when that's you all you've her, known you got creeps I, like herc walking around behind you like when's your birthday and you, yeah and you're trying to watch an be, hbo uh, drama and you see some fat italian <laughs> guy like sweating over you it's weird Imagine. yeah yeah but then again you know they're dating club promoters it's just like it's like dating that guy you know what I mean? It's yeah, like but who else is her. around you? If you're famous, you're basically only around fame whores because who the hell else are you going to be that's around? That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Club promoters is just kind of like that's the well from which you draw from. Yeah. Are, is, is club promoter – because I think for a while at least, club promoter, that was a, a high-status job. Like yeah. in this scenario, this, that's a high-status job. I don't think it is – am I wrong or is that no longer – I don't longer... know if it's high-status. It's just like they're like the people that are always around because their job mm-hmm. revolves around uh, mm. like being the most social person at a gathering. I, I forget what that guy – I think his name's Tom Fell that makes the really funny like corporate yeah. parody videos. <laughs> one of the lines in one of them is – uh, real estate agents are the club promoters of your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I think it was DJs. But DJs, like, yes. Yeah, but I think I mentally uh, crossed those yeah. lines. Same thing. Mm-hmm. The same. Same, yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, because I was going to say club promoter, kind of like DJ, where for a while you had to be kind of good to be a DJ, and then everyone now everyone can get a, a MacBook and, and be a DJ. And, and so it, it kind of diluted that. And so there were a lot of... I now still think... It's not cool to be a DJ anymore unless you're a VJ. I think it's just something that rich kids do. Just as they, a, That's like what naturally. it is. It's, like rich it's, kids are born yeah. with like a, a turntable set. I don't know what it is. But. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You're born learning how to promote your brand and make beats. Like when, um, I, when I was researching uh, Fast and the Furious uh, a couple years ago, and I was like, who, who is this Devin Aoki? Why isn't she in any of the other Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies? And I realized it was like, oh, she's the heir to the Benny, Benny Hanna f- fortune, and her brother is DJ Steve Aoki. And I was like, okay, all of this makes so much more sense now yeah. like, that they're both heir to the Benny Hanna's fortune. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of AJ Sopranos out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, that's, uh, but that's a different show. We're talking about The Wire, and we got to talk about Dead Soldiers. Uh, and uh, this is this week's Balmer B story. jealous of how creative you got by swapping out soldiers with soldiers listen you stupid bitch (laughs) all that other swapping out did nothing for you 
Eight. It was great. I mean, everybody, anybody who says that's not the a best dick. killer song is wrong. Is there, I'm shocked that themselves. you didn't go with the Pogues in this episode, but that's a great song too. I yeah, I felt like uh, you know too easy, too easy to go with the Pogues. But let's talk think, about this episode. Well, real quick, I think if Weird Al had any commentary on your parody song, he would say, "Not enough food, not enough that's food true. in your yeah. parody songs." He loves eggs, love cheese, food. anything like that. Yes, yeah, tossed salad, scrambled eggs. What <laughs> Dude, you? if at some point we do Frasier. The only oh, parody yeah. song every week will be Toss Out and Scramble Days. <laughs> but let's get into this episode finally. Um, we're talking about Dead Soldiers. Uh, what did we think of this episode? Vince, what are your thoughts? Um, this is a weird one. I mean, like the the 40 degree day speech is yeah. one of the, the moments of the wire that I remember better than almost any. It's one of those things that sure. that comes up weirdly often for me but like i didn't really uh remember the the rest of the episode um Mm. and actually i feel like this episode is is exciting in sort of a generic tv way uh you know there's like a big shootout they usually don't get in the wire but like in the context of the wire it kind of bugs me like it's sort of uh like all of the all of the the storylines that are going to continue throughout the season were sort of set up last episode. Right. Uh, and you're sort of waiting for them to get into like, okay, Dennis is going to open a boxing gym and there's going to be a hamster dam and, uh, and right. is going to start cutting throats and, and, and backstab. I guess he does some of it, but it's like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of build here and the, the way they treaded water was with a shootout that I, didn't really entirely buy and i don't oh. i don't know it's uh it's good it's got a lot of things in it that i like obviously i remember the ray cole uh the wake scene um but it's just very it feels like it's treading water and it also feels like it's gilding the lily in a lot of areas like oh you mean like when kima literally says the words uh, i feel like i'm turning into mcnulty yeah Only like, we got when, that two scenes ago yeah yeah earlier when the other i think pres goes like well, at least mcnulty's here in spirit this is all stuff we've been known if you're like watching the yes. show with any kind of i don't know critical eye if you're if you're someone who likes art or even if you're someone who's like fucking not that into art but not stupid yeah and i I get that i've seen this three times now so i'm like a little more impatient than sure i probably would have been in the context of watching a prestige tv in 2004 that like was publicly known was great and not enough people were watching and they probably had to do a little hand holding and a little sure gilding uh but also like that whole uh, wake scene like you're you're hitting me right in my wheelhouse uh as a guy who loves to listen to the pogues and get like nostalgic about a culture that's not mine uh in any yeah. way but like it makes me feel the same way it makes me feel like a drunk irishman who uh is gonna cry about something right um into that they nailed it on the music like i don't have to buy the realism of that to be into that scene but then you gotta have you gotta pan around the room and i gotta see like bunk and uh and lester singing along to the pogues like i love that song i listened to it a million times i don't know the words to that fucking song i don't believe yeah. that a bunch of cops in baltimore know body of an american well enough to be singing along like yeah yeah too much. I, I i have a clip uh of of that and i i kind of agree it's like it is not exactly a believable song that 
these cops would all be singing um, during this this wait. It's, it's enjoyable enough that I will I will uh, suspend a little bit of disbelief for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, before I I play the clip, I I want to point out that. Um, so Ray Cole has been a character uh, in and out of the wire this entire time. Um, and he is played by Robert Colesbury, who is uh, an executive producer on the show. Mm-hmm. The who famous up... boob discoverer. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. The one who discovered uh, the lady who played Amy um, on uh, season two. That was uh, to quote Michael K. Williams, a real set of knockers on her. Real set of knockers <laughs> or uh, to quote. Um, you know, uh, D- Dominic West. Um, oh, he's absolutely fabulous, Bubbies. <laughs> I saw him, Bubbies, yeah, and I said, Oh, me teeth gonna fall out my skull. <laughs> uh, that's what he said. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I so... dig me monocle out me bread pie, I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, fell right into me pie. I was like, I'd eat glass for them, Bubbies. Um, but yeah, Robert Colesbury died of, I'm not, I, I'm not sure what he died of. Um, it was in, a heart thing. Yeah. I think it was a heart attack. Uh, in the gym. And it was not in the gym. Well, the no. question is, is did he die on a Stairmaster? Um, because that is how they killed off Ray Cole in this is he just mm-hmm. collapses on a Stairmaster. And I have to imagine that there's an inside joke there somewhere where they would be okay with this, like. Uh, you know this tragic death of this figure on the show who they all i'm sure loved um and to have yeah, him that was die... more for them probably more for them than it was for us that scene oh a hundred percent i mean mm-hmm. him dying on a stairmaster like that's a choice you make going robert would have loved this <laughs> vince <laughs> if i ever die and they're making uh a movie about the frog cast which they will um <laughs> Just, oh, I misunderstood the timeline. I thought that this was a coincidence that he died in the show. And oh, no. And kind of happened to die later in life. No, 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 no. He died the okay. season before uh, in between uh, after the filming of the second season. And th- there's a little a like sense. Okay. in memory thing um, at the end of, I think, the second to last episode, I think, of season two. Um, but yeah, so then they're like, well, we're going to do a wake for this guy that we love. Robert Colesbury, mm-hmm. we're going to do a wake for his character. So his character had to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but he, it's also kind of a wake for, for Colesbury. Exactly. And uh, during um, the, I don't know if it's a eulogy, but uh, what Jay Landsman is saying, um, he is mentioning a bunch of things that are secretly uh, sh- references to shows that Robert Colesbury worked on. Um, oh. He worked on, uh, um, uh, he produced After Hours and Mississippi Burning. Um, and uh, he, in the eulogy, talks about the, uh, the Mississippi arsonists uh, and, the, and how he would work after hours. It's kind of cute. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit of trivia for those of you who care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was a producer of After Hours. The, uh, that's not a Scorsese movie, is it? No. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I listen, I don't look that deep into the trivia that, I mean, Oh yeah. Wow. That is, that is the one I was thinking of. It is a wow. Martin Scorsese movie. That's wild. I didn't that's know that's crazy. He was, wow. He was a real guy. He's uh-huh. a real he dude. Was a guy. Yeah. Um, but I have a, uh, a clip of that scene. Um, and I agree with you, Vince, the music, the fact that they're all singing to the song, 
is kind of strange. Like, I believe it if it's like Robert Colesbury's favorite song or something. And they did that. Our police. Yes. So no lies between us. He wasn't the greatest detective. And he wasn't the worst. He put down some good cases and he dogged a few bad ones. But the motherfucker had his moments. Yes, he fucking did. You, you remember the uh, Mississippi extradition, the arson murders? Right. He brought that case home. And the triple at the after hours over on Hudson Street, that was Ray Cole at his best. See, that's those are the references mm -hmm. that I'm talking about. And uh, Fayette Street, 93, the drug wars. He took a lot of hot corners and cooled them. Yes, indeed. Uh, for Christ's sake, Hugh, play the fucking song already. <laughs> Did he uh, piss off a wife for three? <laughs> no fucking doubt. <laughs> I think the last one actually kind of got used to it. McDonald's there. is a place to rock. Thank you, thank you, It Dad. is a restaurant where they buy food to eat. It is a good place to listen to the music. People flock here to get down to the rock music. Old King Cole. Rocky Roll McDonald's Rocky Roll McDonald's Rocky Roll McDonald's All right, well, <laughs> that got me. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Um yeah, so you know, that song it just doesn't seem like a song that uh fucking that they would listen to him, right, yeah, guys? But it makes me go cool. I like that song. <laughs> sure, and I know that Vince is a. I've, you've mentioned you're a Pogues fan. To my knowledge, the Pogues do not exist outside of the Wire. I have never heard a Pogue song outside of the context of an episode of the Wire, and it seems mm -hmm. like they love the Pogues. David Simon must love the Pogues or something. Yeah, someone had to. That's yeah. That's almost guaranteed. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is strange, um, but. At the same time, I'm willing to suspend disbelief, and I'm sure you are too. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, to me, I'm like, yeah, they all listen to the Pogues. This is their, for sure. some reason, this became their wake song, and uh, this is what they do. So I, uh, I just assume all cops listen to like <laughs> flogging Molly. Well, listen. I mean, how is that any different than? I mean, exactly. I guess that's, I don't know. That's well, because they like the like vlogging. I, I assume that's where you're going with it. Is uh, I just I, I that the way that it's like kind of like rocking, but like hard to do to tar to tay. Yeah, like that's the whole cop, thing. Like it's, an Irish cop would be. No, like, it's an Irish. Yeah. It's it's Irish music that uh, you know is is played by a punk rock guy Shane McGowan, mm -hmm. who was like a famous. He was like a. A f famous for being like a punk before he had a band in London. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Just, what if they were listening to rock and roll McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, if they're cops, I believe it. Um, but yes, it is uh, R.I.P. Ray Cole slash Robert Colesbury. Uh, you know, you made a great show and we're all we're all big fans. Um I will say my thought about this episode is that I actually um, I I disagree that about the treading water, the slow pace of like these like David Simon shows at this point to me is almost part of it. It's why I like 
his shows. Yes. I, but I usually like that slow pace is is granular. Um, is, uh-huh. is giving you the details of how the port works. Mm-hmm, uh, it's mm-hmm. giving you the details of uh, how the drug gangs move from place to place, place to place. This is like they, they slowed the pacing down in order to insert this shootout scene, which right. on one level I don't really buy because uh, you know no one. I feel like no one in a street shootout with handguns is going to hit anything beyond fifty yards. And uh, I also don't believe they had as many bullets as they shot in that scene. It just feels okay. feels very you know, like we're going to put a cool shootout in this scene, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't make any sense. And I don't feel like it moves the plot forward that much either. Yeah. Especially relative to the the last shootout scene that I remember where like, you know, the, the corner boys are, are feuding and they're, they're all shooting and no one hits anyone except for a child in a nearby building. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's, how it normally is. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you guys completely 100%. And here's why you're wrong about that shootout scene. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. That shootout scene is what you're talking about specifically here is the fact that Tasha, one of uh, Omar's crew of you know rip and runners, uh, gets mm-hmm. shot um, in this in this shootout. Sort of like I believe that that she would might take a stray in the middle of this hail of bullets. It's mm-hmm. more the fact that they like they run away and then they like find cover behind a car and like keep the the gunfight going. Like they would have just booked their ass out of there because they were already halfway gone at the time. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, okay, um, which they end up doing anyway. Like I don't know. Right, right. But um, I, I have a, a scene. Uh, I have a clip of that shootout. Let's bang out. Okay, now did you Great guys? Audio. Uh, it, yeah, perfect audio. And did you notice, uh, first of all, that I did not play rock and roll with McDonald's over there? So <laughs> I have well some done. respect for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first couple times around watching this episode, um, you know, throughout the years of rewatching The Wire, um, I kind of that scene didn't really stick out to me as anything like interesting that happened. It just kind of serves to be like Omar. This is the price of your blood feud. With- sure. Avon and with the Barksdale crew and yeah, with Stringer I, I specifically. I get what it's meant to to do. Like he he can't let go yeah. of Stringer Bell just like McNulty and Kima can't let go of Stringer Bell. Right, right. But the one thing I noticed this time around is um Omar's boyfriend shot her. She was shot in right. the head. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell cuz she got a bullet from the front. Oh. I didn't I didn't notice that at all originally and uh I I have I have that uh, just just to prove it. See what happened? Oh, yeah. Turns back around. Back to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. It's literally back and to the left. Yeah. It, it loops and on then, for a while. And, and then the that's her. And beat to rock and roll McDonald's. 
If it just I wish. Fuck. Seamlessly transitions. Yeah, that would have been good. It's true to the shootout in that, like, w- the main casualty is friendly fire from close range. Cause that's right, which is the only I, way you're going to gonna hit anything with a handgun. Mm-hmm. Right, but that that is what I think um, made me enjoy the scene. That's I was like, oh, that's fucking crazy. And, and no one seems to notice. Nobody, like... Yeah. Uh, Nobody is confronting the boyfriend. Omar isn't like, I can't believe this happened. Tasha um, is dead. Uh, Kimmy uh, shoots Tank uh, because that's who she thinks killed Tasha. Mm -hmm. And no, no one is the wiser, and it's never really brought up. I mean, from what I can remember, it's never brought up again. So for me, it's that little bit of detail that I'm just like, oh, okay, that's sick. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I to, their, to their credit, that's that's good detail. But it's I think it's immediately after that when uh, Kimmy, no mm-hmm. Tasha, the one who's still alive, goes oh, full Kimmy. like Schwarzenegger mode yes. and just yes. like turns yeah. into an action movie for like a second. Yeah, like, yeah, not yeah. afraid of bullets and has a perfect shot and shoots that guy with center mass and yeah. You know, so I mean the action moviness of the scene I'll grant you is kind of like a little bit okay but yeah. um Here, you know I, here's here's my suggestion how to fix that okay uh, like, Rock we didn't McDonald's. have we didn't have to have them hunker down below behind the car like that and say like let's bang out like, let's bang out they could have just been running away and she like and he the Omar's boyfriend did that same shot where he's trying to f- return fire and hit her in the head and like just shorten it because. Yeah, I, like the part where they like take cover and they're like covering each other, like they're mm-hmm. in the military. I'm like, ah, I, don't I mean, that one. maybe, maybe. I will say that um, Omar's arc for me is always the one where I suspend the most disbelief. Yes. Um, so I allow it to be a little bit more badass. He's, also, he's the three- one character in this in the show that's like mythic and not yes. necessarily uh, you know meant to be like a realistic character. Right. And also, uh, I feel like, and we've said this before, that season three is almost the studio note season of uh, The Wire, where there's a little bit of like, all right, guys, two seasons in a row where only critics like this show but we're doing another season yes, can you just because, have something cool you yeah know? i mean yeah. but th- okay so like season two is very much a season that asks like what is like what how right. does this work what would happen um and season three is very much like a what if what if yeah. season but I, but i believe it in that way where it's like yeah you could say what if there was uh this higher this police higher up who like sort of went rogue and decided mm-hmm. to legalize drugs uh in his district because then it sort of it treats that what if question you know with some realism as it goes along um, yeah yeah no, i don't completely. know i don't like the what if uh what if kimmy was the terminator what if That's <laughs> yeah. not, as, not as good what if I, mcdonald's was rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> speaking of mcdonald's being rock and roll uh oh yeah is it time to? I think uh, it's time. I think it's, it's time, time for to a break. do a little bit of a ad a What am I doing? Uh, it's time. It's time to do ads. Uh, we got a family to feed. We've got uh, babies to keep alive. Uh, we've got uh, you know fucking uh, tax to pay to the mafia. Stick around, and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. 
Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and, you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, we're back. Um, all right, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about what you were just saying, Vince, mm -hmm. regarding what if. And yeah, what um, if? And uh, I feel like uh, we can get into Bunny a little bit. What's going on with Bunny in this episode? What, what's, what is his motivation? You know, why is he called Bunny? He's going full office space. Someone hypnotized him to not give a shit anymore and yeah. he's gonna be like well wouldn't say i was missing it rawls <laughs> uh, that is true does. and and you know that's uh again that's like a that's a good kind of what if that's like the kind that's the kind of thing that you want to explore in fiction is those kind of what ifs yeah yeah it is um it is an interesting uh you know the, like bunny i think comprises a majority of the season's kind of like forward momentum um mm -hmm. because you know we're not really dealing with uh you know a uh, a major crimes unit case that is worth a damn like in this episode mm -hmm. we find out that there's a there's a new target and it's Kintel Williamson who is some guy some guy <laughs> and uh <laughs> they've picked a perfect some guy because it's just like uh for some reason as soon as they put his name up on the board and his picture i even i myself i was like you can't no you can't introduce a new guy i don't care about new guy <laughs> especially since we already have people like marlo coming out and uh so yeah so bunny is um spending this episode kind of like getting all the pieces put together for hamsterdam but i i like what they do like, I think they maybe overdo it a little bit with uh, McNulty and Kima being hung up on Stringer Bell. But I feel like mm -hmm. that d that does sort of explain a kind of truism with the war on drugs, because it's like, you know, if you're the if you're the guys that uh, you're 
constantly looking at uh, Pablo Escobar or whatever, you, uh, you you're naturally going to be like that. He's going to become your white whale. Like right. we got we got to take this down and uh, take this guy down. And you sort of do it at the expense of a broader picture of what you're looking at. Cause usually what happens mm-hmm. is like, Oh, we got to take down this cartel. And usually what happens is when you take down one cartel, you get two or three that end up right. shooting each other to try and take over right. for that other one. Right. It's endless. There is no, and then even especially, you know, when it comes to uh, cartels, but I mean, also in, uh, I, I'm sure in like more local fucking corner wars, um, the whether you they mean to or not like the person that you are helping when you're going after one crew is this other crew and uh that is just gonna continue because the the whole premise the whole uh, premise of like oh we need to do a war on drugs is faulty it doesn't work that way Mm. um unless you can stop people from wanting drugs and then they're can't and then they're you know they're smart in juxtaposing it with politics yeah, because I think politics works in much the same way, which we sort of see in this episode is like you're not really thinking about how to, uh, you know, improve society for your constituents or whatever. Like you're going to yeah. get into you're going to get into a pissing match where you're like, OK, that guy rat fucked me. So I got to figure out a way to rat fuck him and reward those loyal to me. And you're going to be doing that usually at the expense of your actual yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that almost is the job. Yeah. We're- I mean, they are professional rat fuckers. And Carcetti is a, you know, we haven't talked much about Carcetti uh, so far this season. Um, and I think it's because uh, the Carcetti storyline up until this point is still just kind of like he's a wild card, uh, like catalyst. Like he is, yeah, he's a guy who's like stirring up shit. Uh, for the mayor and all the shit is just rolling downhill that's I li- and that's i like how, how he going. tells these awesome stories where he's clearly like telling yeah. you like the hits from his glory days uh, right and he's right. got this he's got this this uh lengthy parable and no one really knows what the fuck he's talking about they're just sort of like <laughs> responding to his energy yeah yeah no i mean he's uh he's he's a perfect politician he's like got the fucking I remember watching this the first time and being like, I think Carcetti just wants what's good for everyone. And, <laughs> and which is kind of an insane thing because like, you know, of course, upon like watching the show, like rewatching the show and also I guess living a life uh, where you <laughs> see what politicians are supposed to do. It is, it's just crazy that I fell for it on the show that I was just like, I just feel like Carcetti is like, really just wants what's best for Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, I think Carcetti like I think Carcetti explains the Obama years in a yes, lot of ways. Yes, 100%. 100%. Cuz he's it's a, it's a testament to that actor uh just oh. like how much charisma he has playing Irish this actor. Character. Irish, Irish actor, a uh, yeah. little finger guy. Yeah. Anytime he shows up now, I'm like, "Oh good, like the beginning of uh, Dark Knight Rises." I was like, "All right, yeah. we got a movie, little finger." Yeah. Guy. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chaos is he, weird. Yeah, he, he's chaos so is a ladder that you you do kind of just believe like, I don't know. I think this guy likes me and he wants right, good things right, for me yeah, in right. the same way like, that we did with Obama. Like we make a joke out of the cultural context thing. But I think like if you wanted to explain this type of person and like the Obama years in general, it's like we had eight years of George W. Bush, who was like pretty clearly like kind of a dumb guy. Right. And mm-hmm. so. 
like we sort of and we spent eight years making fun of him for being a dumb guy. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who was articulate and could make a point and sounded good when they were talking, we were kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah, this must be the (laughs) key. We got to find (laughs) guy. Guy talk dumb bad. So guy yeah. talk smart must we be tried, good. We tried. We tried. Guy talk dumb for a while, and honestly, he led into war. <laughs> but this guy talks smart, and his last name I don't know. And when he, he describes good. the yeah. war tri- war crimes he's committing, I don't right, know. There's exactly. just something about yeah. it. We we got the annoying fail son rich kid who was kind of dumb. What we need is just like a a good like scholarship kid yeah. who uh is the class president like that yeah you you yeah you want uh yeah the, the class president you wanted a meritocracy and you wanted someone who like at the very least sounded like he g- gave a shit and i feel like mm-hmm. bill clinton kind of like had the same thing um and and this character um i mean i think it's originally what who's the 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 mayor that it's O'Malley. yeah right so they're originally kind of like uh you know shaping him after uh martin o'malley mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah but there's a lot of bill clinton in this character especially in this episode you see carcetti you know he's he's uh he's talking to the fucking what you know, if journalist democrat and all that. tough on crime right <laughs> right what if democrat tough on crime and they what and and but fuck's they- good yeah, they yeah. yeah they specifically call him a gash hound in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. yes, and uh, yeah, he uh, you watch him uh, at the very end of this episode, uh, fucking a girl while uh, looking into a mirror, um, which I thought was kind of rude because I don't see what's so wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's like there is something hot about a mirror. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see stuff in it. Um. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just round out uh, Jimmy's uh, just bang story out. Line. I'm gonna bang out uh, Thank you. Jimmy's storyline here. Um, Jimmy is uh, doesn't give a shit about Kintel Williamson. Um, neither is Kima, and Jimmy is independently still at this point independently investigating um, D'Angelo's death. Um, he actually in this episode goes to the prison library where he died, where they still have the belt. And um, he uh, tries to see if he could have actually killed himself that way. And I have a, a, a scene of that. Let's see, he puts his belt around his neck and then on the doorknob. And then he sits his ass down. <laughs> Oh no, he's masturbating. <laughs> oh, that's cute what you did with the edit there. Yeah, yeah well, I had a right. something like that was coming, but it was still great to see how it was or to hear how it was executed. Was, you know, really I cool just I you know, I'm just trying to have fun, guys. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember what I thought the first time I saw the sequence. I don't remember it mm. quite now, but like watching it now, it definitely makes me feel like Jimmy, what, what what do you think you're going to accomplish with this whole... It doesn't seem like you can prove much with that, where he's just like, you can't just sit down. And it's like, no, yeah. you can't. that's the way people yeah. kill themselves. Not all knowledge is useful. <laughs> like, you cannot... You're right. not going to be able to uh, uh, utilize this knowledge in any way. 
And also, stop masturbating in front of those guys. <laughs> but that is That's sort of that case, is the yeah. character. Is he's like, no, but I'm actually smarter than anyone else who's looked at this belt. So yes, yeah. let's let yeah. McNulty get no. his hands on this belt and it, see what it, we can find. No, it explains his character and why you know other people are annoyed by him for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah. Because I think um, the first two seasons, it's like we're gonna make you fall in love with this uh, this rascal prodigy, and this season is like. In case you miss that he's not like a good colleague or yeah. cop, like he's yeah. so bad. But in, in this, yeah, in the third season, I, I I find myself like having through each episode almost having this arc with Jimmy where I'm like, I'm embarrassed that I ever related to him in any way, <laughs> and yeah. I want to distance myself from that feeling. And then he'll just do he'll just do like one little thing where he'll like acknowledge that he was wrong in a sort yes. of graceful way. This and you're is, like, I'm back. I want to. I, I love him. I don't know. This is how charming abusers are. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like that. This is the problem. Uh, is that uh, that's the exact type of. I mean, in this you know seen and or not seen in this episode in this season you see him kind of like in his obsession with like catching stringer like um it does feel like he is a fucking junkie who mm-hmm. is like addicted to playing this cat and mouse game and um it really is uh it's I've you know I'm I'm excited to continue watching this season because I actually don't remember what goes on with um, McNulty uh, uh, up until I remember what happens at the end of the season, but like throughout his like uh, his cat and mouse game just kind of takes a backseat to um, what's going on with uh, Hamsterdam, and Hamsterdam does not end up I believe on the radar of the major crimes unit almost at all and and it uh, mm. the way that that all falls apart has nothing to do with like wires and fucking phone taps and shit um, which is uh, yeah but Bunny Bunny is going around he's going to different uh, like places that are non-residential uh, some of them are like I think housing projects that have yet to be torn down just like empty units and uh, and he is trying to find, uh, along with his trusty sidekick, the real Jay Landsman, um, trying to find an area to move all of the um, slangers yeah. and hoppers. And I like what they did with this character because, like, uh, you know, as we've said on this show, like the theme of The Wire is fuck the bosses. Yes. But this season is sort of it's it's undercutting that somewhat because, like, the whole point of Bunny Cole is that Colvin. Colvin, sorry. He is capable of seeing the big picture because he's not hung up on the details, like because mm-hmm. he's not dealing with the day to day that right. the detail is like he can actually take a step back from it and ask, you know, what what is yeah. this whole thing serving in the end? Right. Right. And, and and he bases it on his like whatever, 30 years of service that he's done, where he's just like, you know, sweeping leaves on a windy day type shit. Mm-hmm. And um and he knows he's going to be leaving soon you know it's very much the old trope like he was only three weeks from retirement but (laughs) instead of like getting shot he's just like you know uh legalizing drugs in baltimore um and it's pretty pretty wild it's great watching the real jay landsman on this show because he is the most baltimore ass motherfucker ever and uh i very much enjoyed the part where uh you know he 
says to Bunny, uh, or Bunny says, haven't you ever heard that ignorance is bliss? And he goes, uh, yeah, someone said that to me once, but I beat the dog piss out of him with a nightstick <laughs> with a little smile. And you're just like, that's not a, that's not a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a bad actor, but the, the, the accent does all the acting he needs. It really does. It does. Um, but uh, yeah, so this episode has a lot of, I think, um, bosses yelling at their um, yelling at their employees about how they don't want to work anymore. Um, and that's kind of shown in three different uh, scenes. One is the scene with Marlo and Fruits. Uh, at this point, the Barksdales have like set up shop, like not on a corner, but kind of in the middle of a street, and they're fucking with fruit sales. And um, uh, Marlo yells in his way, in his Marlo way, uh, which is just he just looks at him with his weird cat eyes <laughs> and um, tells Fruit that his numbers are way down. By the way, I love that <laughs> there's like Comstat for drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's just like, yeah, dude, everybody's got metrics they've got to be yeah. in the corner, dude. It sucks. Yeah. Your YOY is down 30% right now. <laughs> yeah, no, uh... straight up. He says, your numbers are way down. I, 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 have, a, I have a clip of, of that scene. You want me, boss? Your numbers way down, fruit. Way down. That's Barksdale's people. And they're clipping the dope beans coming up Fremont. You know, when I ran a shop and my numbers dropped, I damn sure did something about it. Yeah, I hear that. I just want to move. Take the youngins with you. Give them a workout. All right. He's a scary-ass motherfucker, dude. He's like, that. if that were my boss, you know what? I'd quit. <laughs> uh, sorry. Put it in my two weeks. Not worth your weird stare. That's what See, I would, I would organize and I would start a union. And I think he'd respect that. <laughs> oh, you would definitely respect it. You would definitely yeah. respect it. Collective action, uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you've got Marlo yelling at his people about how the numbers aren't good. You've got um, the famous 40 degree day scene, which I think is just incredible it's one of my favorites it's one of the ones that you remember and i have a, a clip of that as well get one right yeah that's good that's like a 40 degree day ain't nobody got nothing to say about a 40 degree day 50 bring a smile to your face 60 shit niggas is damn near barbecuing on that motherfucker <laughs> go down to 20 niggas get they bitch on get they blood complaining but 40 Nobody give a fuck about 40. Nobody remember 40. And y'all niggas is giving me way too many 40 degree days. What the fuck? Are y'all feel me on this? Yeah. You show up, you don't like a motherfucking... Like a 40 degree day. <laughs> That's my favorite guy. <laughs> Just totally not getting it. I was, beautiful. <laughs> It must be such a weird thing to be that actor where it's like, yeah, I've, pl I've played the stupid henchman uh, yeah. and 27 <laughs> movies and television shows. Yeah. I mean, hey, dude, work is work. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. stoked to get it. And also he killed it. He delivered he that line perfectly. <laughs> and and 
uh, it's funny as someone who was born and raised uh, in Los Angeles, uh, never really left California. I have some words about a 40 degree day. I hate yeah, a 40 degree day. It's terrible. Yeah, it's too cold. 40, yeah. 40 degree. I've got lots to say. It just like shit like that reminds me that like there are huge swaths of people living in what I would consider uninhabitable land. <laughs> <laughs> like in the east coast in the north uh what is it the midwest like all those mm. places where it's like 40 degree although it would yeah, be I nice mean, to like wear a jacket sure but even in in baltimore if it's anything like dc it's also so humid so it's oh either cold God. or you're walking around in a, a gross swamp Ugh. Ugh. yeah you're See, gonna, this is you're why I... do a lot of sweating no matter what time of year it is mm-hmm. this is why i understand you know why they would do like open shootouts in the street it's like oh, what, what's the worst that gonna happen you're gonna die big <laughs> fucking deal you're living in swamp ass or fucking yeah. cold as tin. hell i hear hell is a dry heat yeah exactly that's why i moved to fresno exactly dude <laughs> fresno is perfect um but yeah and then uh the third instance of uh bosses yelling at their uh employees is of course the ongoing comstat meetings that have been happening throughout this season uh that are led by rawls who is i at this point he's the deputy ops right so he's the deputy ops and burrell is the acting commissioner burrell's trying desperately to hold on to that role because uh you know the mayor uh could fuck him um and uh this is like one of like Rawls fits in so perfectly in this role of guy who leads meeting to yell sexual things at people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he's doing landsman, but in a mean way. Right. He's mean <laughs> landsman. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Glansman. Did you say glansman? <laughs> no, but I like that better than what I said, which was dark landsman. A dark but, yeah. <laughs> he's a glansman. He's a glansman. Um, it's got a lot to say about secretions from glands. Um, and uh, yeah, so Bunny Colvin decides to go into the Comstat meeting where everyone is getting chewed out for not knowing how to, you know, I guess, police. Uh, <laughs> in the cold open, we see someone get bumped down from like major to lieutenant or whatever. I don't know how it works. Um, and he decides fuck it i'm not even going to massage the numbers he does not juke the stats and uh just i guess to see what happens do we have any theories vince do you know why he decided not to juke the stats in this moment uh he wanted the stats to be clean i don't know i think it was right, just but like why? i think if he jukes the stats then they get the satisfaction of thinking that their thing is working Oh, I love that. You think it was spite. Well, he wants them to know it's not working, which would tend to more justify his plan of switching the whole thing up. Yeah. No, I mean, for sure. But he's not telling them the plan. It's just maybe it's just in his head. Uh, yeah. But if well, he doesn't like if he doesn't juke the stats now, once they actually do go down, like maybe there'll be a bigger jump. Like mm, it'll be maybe. more noticeable. I think he's trying yeah. to make it more plain, I guess. I think he was, because I think at this point he's, you know, maybe we learn a little bit later that he's, like, thinking about taking another job, like, maybe not being a cop anymore. So I think this is him, like, sort of, like, not quite, like, flipping the tables on his way out, but something like that, you know, where he's, like, because ultimately, 
his bosses are accountable for those numbers. And so he knows he's screwing them a little bit if the numbers aren't what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And he's considering he's leaving. Quitting. So he doesn't mind. Yeah. So he doesn't mind screwing himself. He's quiet quitting. He's he is absolutely qu- quiet quitting. What a millennial zoomer this guy is, <laughs> this bunny. Um, we're going to start on OnlyFans. <laughs> huh? All right. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> Rawls ends up chewing him out. In uh, in just a, just a fabulous scene for Rawls. It's just uh, I I love it. So I'm gonna play a little bit of that. You're just having a laugh, aren't you, Bunny? Are you having you got a the laugh? real stats of projection somewhere else. <laughs> Someone's just outside the door with them, right? A stripper, maybe. <laughs> that would be nice. She comes in, flashes a little tit, gives us a whiff of that muff, and delivers my fucking stat sheets with a reduction that matches just what we promised the mayor. That would be beautiful. <laughs> that would be creme fucking brulee. <laughs> but what I got instead is some half-assed, I wish we were doing better platitude that's uh, meant to fool maybe a six-year-old girl into thinking you're doing your job. Well, she's left the room, Major Colvin. She's out there right now asking the stripper if she can have her job when she grows up because she sure as shit doesn't want yours. You know why? Because there isn't going to be a goddamn Western District in 20 years if this shit keeps up. I don't care how many years you have on this job. If the felony rate doesn't fall, you most certainly will. The gods are fucking you. You find a way to fuck them back. It's Baltimore, (laughs) gentlemen. The gods (laughs) will not save you. I mean, he thought through the scenario. Like... Rawls has this amazing way of taking some image he's just kind of creating out of whole cloth, like just spinning this weird sexual fantasy about a a stripper's muff and a little girl asking, like all of a sudden a little girl's in play in the room, like, okay. And, and now she's asking the stripper that he invented for the job, like the storytelling on this guy. <laughs> Just an amazing, amazing boss. Yeah, he's like a really shitty Tommy boy. Like in those scenes in Tommy boy. He's like inventing all these characters. There's like a, there's a, somebody puking his guts out. Like, yeah, it's great. That's great. He is, uh, yeah, he's, he's just a mean Tommy boy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I also believe that like you should fuck God back. Oh, no. Oh, I, nice uh, I'm back. Oh, okay. I, sorry, I was just saying that I believe you should fuck God. <laughs> dude, and God said we're not gonna. I wonder if that. God had dude, anything to do God, with dude. that. You think God Man, actually really stopped me? Today. Yeah. Oh, all right. Now I'm scared. Now I'm a scared of God. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, yeah. So then, uh, then Bunny tells all of his people, "Hey guys." We're going to legalize drugs, but it's just a, a play to get them all in the same place. And then we do a mass arrest, which is definitely not the plan. But he has to tell his his boys that in the Western District, because these fucking hogs are so <laughs> thirsty for blood that they're like, what do you mean? You got to let them walk the street. How am I going to fuck my wife when I'm just letting the black guy do commerce? <laughs> this is insane. They're gonna go up to me. They're gonna laugh, 
and I'm not gonna be able to fuck my wife. That's like what he's. And then I gotta run into him at the movies. Yeah, and then I'm gonna ask the stripper, "What can I have your job?" Because they sure as shit don't want mine. You know. Mm-hmm. You guys don't have to. You know, it's fine. It was good. That's... I liked it. Sometimes the yes and in you goes down, and you just go, "All right, I just let Matt roll." Uh, <laughs> and then I get embarrassed. But yeah, uh, he has to tell his uh, all his Western District uh, swine that, uh, oh no, don't worry, we're going to be arresting them later, which is uh, not the plan. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, and then finally, cut Cuddy. Uh, we've now had a few episodes of uh, Cuddy's transformation from guy who gets out of prison to uh you know to go back on the street the guy was like uh you know what i don't want to be in this life i'll mow some lawns i'm getting to... frustrated with him i'm like i want this guy to box i want him to go beat up that drug dealer that took his money like yeah you know that, that was fruit right wasn't yeah, it fruit. fruit it was fruit. It was the one who Wait, robbed was him. it yeah it was yeah yeah yeah, and, maybe uh, because we already know the art. That's right. It's it's like uh, just get to the get to the thing where <laughs> mm-hmm. you're a bad guy. You go to the scary party, and Slim Charles blows smoke in your mouth. Like this, just come on. That was a there. fun scary party. Yeah. God, that was a great scary party. That was really uh, yeah. Um, but that that'll be coming up. Uh, but for now, you see him in the scene where he tracks down his ex girlfriend's sister. And um, it's one of those like soliloquies that happens in a show that I think in any other show I'd have been like eye roll, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, yes. but I thought she crushed it. Well, they added a perfect line in there. Uh, which one? Oh, don't rush me. <laughs> yeah, d- don't rush me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she's doing this super Hollywood thing and he's like, hey, could you just get to the money? She's like, don't rush me, motherfucker. Yeah, don't rush me, motherfucker. It's like the I'm perfect- in the middle of a dramatic monologue. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, was like that the was- perfect moment that sort of, you know, addressed, sort of like got you back into the scene from being like, oh, yeah. I don't know about this. And then it's like, okay, they're they're in the same place I am. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that is true. That is the moment that I I remember the most because he is simply just being like, oh, okay, where does where does your sister work? And she's just like, I'm in the middle of something, which, uh, you know, fair enough. Um, But uh, yeah, I I really I think that's one of my favorite scenes uh, in the episode just because, uh, uh, you know, for me, it was like she's calling her sister county not mm-hmm. city you know like county clothes county car county nose to stick up at all of us city uh expletives and um and yeah it's just kind of a split that i don't really consider because like la county is doesn't have this like la is such a big city that we have like i don't I, as far as i know there's no like split between like the county and the city it's just like yeah, because gigantic. that's a that's a new, that's a new southwestern suburban sprawl. Uh, right, we were talking like Rust Belt cities that are started as ports and, right, yeah, yeah, and they have like forty degree days and that's considered fine. Yeah, <laughs> uninhabitable. Um, but yeah, that is essentially what happened in this episode. Did I miss anything? Uh, favorite scene, least favorite scene, something I missed. I mean, we discussed my favorite scenes, which were uh, 
don't rush me motherfucker and 40 degree day though i i do have to give a shout out to another line that i don't entirely believe but i like it enough that i want to believe where mm-hmm. uh bunk's buddy is like uh, what are you gonna do with all these peanuts you gotta do something with all these peanuts and he says what am i motherfucker george washington carver <laughs> yes that's right because bunk is uh looking for dozerman's gun this whole episode um and uh apparently peanut may have some information but they don't know which one and there's 89 peanuts in the system which uh have we given the nickname peanut to anyone yet on uh, for, for the know. shout out i don't know well shout out to you vince for not stooping to such a sure. common nickname yeah um there's another moment uh that bunk gets where you know he's giving jimmy shit for still caring about this fake suicide thing yes and he's like yeah we get they're gonna call up Kofi Bryant. Yes, which is I, a nice little malapropism. I have that clip. I'm, just, what do you think? I love it. I think this is a tragic motherfucking miscarriage of justice. I think it deserves a special grand jury, and if not, the president should appoint an independent prosecutor. Oh no 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 no! Actually, uh, I think Kofi Bryant and the United fucking Nations should get involved. <laughs> Kofi, that's not his name. That's good. That's good. I that's like what good. he. I love there. that. And as you know, as a big Kobe fan, I was just like, "R.I.P." Um, yeah, no, that is uh, that's a great scene, and uh, I don't know if I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do. Uh, I give it a B plus. Vince, what do you give this episode? Yeah, man, you gotta make it a good thing and bad thing every time. Made it's all a B plus. All right, and Brent Flyberg, what do you give this episode? Uh, B plus. A B plus. Well, B+. this is a, a solid B plus episode of The Wire, and a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Thank you so much, Brent Flyberg, for coming in and for talking with us about The Wire. Of course. We fucking. Anytime. We love you as a guest. We love you as a producer. You're, you're doing so good. Thank you so much. Where Thank can you. people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Brent Flyberg. Uh, if they live in Los Angeles, they should come to the Alamo Draft House on June 23rd. I uh, do a monthly stand-up comedy showcase there every month. And in June, it's on June 23rd, Alamo Draft House. Come. Alamo Draft House, June 23rd. Oh. And yeah. I also work on another podcast. It's a Degrassi rewatch podcast. I found my little niche. Uh, it's called what? All About Degrassi. Yeah, you guys are going to have to fight these guys. Are you uh, fucking serious? Yeah, but yeah, you should listen to it. It's good. Wait, there's another TV rewatch podcast? Yeah. But they heard that this was the only The Wire one. so they Okay, good. Show. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. we're not doing Degrassi next season. <laughs> uh, well, so check out both of those podcasts, Pod Yourself The Wire and Pod Yourself A Gun <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, the Degrassi podcast and go to his show at the Alamo Draft House. Thank you so much for coming on. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier gets you a street name shout out. Vince, Uh-oh. we have a oh, few. We do. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. Scrolling down. Got it. You just got to scroll down. Uh, the first one is a $20 donor. Wow. Which, thank you, $20 donor. That is. We need to do a watch along episode at some point, Vince. For, that's, that's how we get those $20 ones, you know? Um, but his name is Conan Palmer. Conan 
Palmer. I mean, I feel like the obvious way would be uh, obvious way to go would be the Barbarian, but I'm gonna too obvious. Yeah, too that's obvious. Peanut. I'm that's gonna, I'm the gonna Peanut go of Conan. Yeah, we can call him Peanut because his last name starts with P. <laughs> Don't do that. Palm. What Palmnut. No, I was gonna go with the Destroyer because that's the other Conan, and that one's much better. Yeah, much better. Much better. Uh, next is Will Clanfield. Clanfield. I just met Field. <laughs> sounded like you were going there. Uh, no, I was, tr- I was trying to see where Hatfield and McCoy took me because it feels like one of those, one of those names. Um, sure. We're gonna call this guy Moonshine. Okay, Moonshine. That's good. I like. Uh, next is Matt Tinnell. Tin, Tinnell. Tinnell. I hardly know. Um. Hold on. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you go, hold on. Oh, God. What are I... We're going to call this guy Can. But there it is. Yeah, Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin Can. Not like Tin Cup. This is Tin Can. It's no, you got it. You don't have to explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Two more. We have Mike Foxel. We're going to call this guy the Coyote. Oh, that's good. I was gonna say uh, his nickname is No Atheists in a what fox. Oh, I get it. No yeah, atheists yeah, yeah. in a foxhole. I like it, but it's not a good nickname. It's not. I know, but is it? All right. Last is ooh, it's a lady. Which is <laughs> I should not say that, uh, but we, you know, whenever it is a lady, I do secretly like celebrate inside because I'm like this podcast for everyone. Uh, Marianne E. McKenna. Mm. Marianne E. We're going to call her Eminem. Yeah? Very That's good. Eminem got his name. It's good. Worked for him. Look how famous Marshall he is. Mathers, Marianne McKenna. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, that is all of the street names that we are giving out for this episode. If you want yourself a street name, go to patreon.com slash frogcast and sign up for the $8 tier. The $8 tier gets you that shout out. Um, we have a bunch more names coming up. So if you haven't heard yours yet, don't worry, it's coming. Uh, so just stick around. It'll happen. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. When someone shot Dozerman, Bunk is forced to find his gun. And he can't move on And he can't move on Till it's done (laughs) Hell yeah Yo, what up, bitch? My name is Brandon Flowers Flap, flap, flap I got fucking superpowers I suck the most dick I eat the most butts I like to put my dick
dead soldiers, episode 303, 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 dead soldiers, did this one while making dinner if you're listening i would like to work anymore that's true a, vince if you have a job that you want to work. give me the easier the better but uh yeah, yeah. no something simple something with his hands um <laughs> he'll yeah honestly vince is at the point now where he'll just jerk off a bunch of, i'm sorry i don't i forgot it <laughs> i Good forgot that, that. i'm <laughs> i have to start the first five minutes without saying anything bad um Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.